0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: With the Harvey Norman Black Friday sale. Offering the best deals on laptops, TVs, SIM-free phones, kitchen appliances and so much more. So the Chief Medical Officer is warning that the current level of COVID-19 placing an enormous burden on the entire health system. We'll hear from Colette Cowan who is Chief Executive of uh, the University uh, Hospital Limerick Group in uh, a little while and uh, close to 200 cases reported in Limerick uh, and uh, in the last couple of days and over a thousand reported in seven days. So cases are rising rapidly and uh, those working of course in the hospitality industry are fearful that even more restrictions could be coming down the tracks pretty quickly. So let's chat a bit more. We have on the line Paul Flannery of uh, Flannery's and the representative of the Vintners in Limerick and Sean Lally, who's manager of the Woodstock Hotel in Ennison, very well known in Limerick from his time as manager of uh, the Strand Hotel. And you're both welcome. Good morning to you, uh, gentlemen. Um, Paul, so what we're hearing there is that the public, it seems, are ahead of the government or maybe listening to what uh, the public health authorities, people like the chief medical officer, are saying, you know, cut down your contacts. And cancellations seem to be the order of the day. Any indication of that so far among your members?
0: Good morning. Um, yes, we're, we're seeing it loud and clear, the messages coming through the phone probably from Monday morning, starting on premises across the, the, the city and county that were taking bookings for the Christmas period. And basically, it was a mixture of parties. but also that yeah,
1: Unfortunately, your line is quite, I don't know, it was fine at the very start. If you could just shift a little bit, Paul, maybe we'll sorry. see if we can just hear you a small bit more clearly.
0: Sorry, that's a bit better, Joe.
1: That might be, yeah, yeah, sorry. So carry yeah. on.
0: Yeah, sorry. So from last Monday, um, we started getting an influx of phone calls across the city and county to premises cancelling um, bookings for, for Christmas parties and that was largely coming through. The message was that it was a mixture of staff wanting to cancel but also businesses cancelling on behalf of the staff uh, because they just didn't want to be in a situation where they, they could be either spreading or or picking up the virus in, in, a, in the setting. So it, it's coming through, the message from this it is coming through. Day working from home yesterday I was only a day into it, but we saw an immediate drop off in our lunch trade in our home premises yesterday because, uh, simple fact is, people aren't around the city centre to actually they come out for lunch. So it's 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 coming through loud and clear at the moment.
1: Right. So you saw that because I have to. Say, I was coming in yesterday morning. I didn't see any great evidence of less traffic in the morning. But you noted it at lunchtime.
0: Yeah, that's it factor there as well, but yeah. definitely in the city centre we, we we would have a steady trade during the day for lunch. It was not a drop-off
1: yesterday. Listen, it was one day, so I couldn't no more later on this, this week and next week. But of course, this period from now until Christmas Eve is normally so important for your entire sector, isn't it?
0: Massive. <clears throat> massive depending on where you're you're situated in the city or the county. Depending on we're like in the city with all the restaurants and so on uh, that the premises in the city centre would get a huge touch from the, from the from the restaurants and people going for meals and so on. But yeah, it's massive and it's it's, it's worrying. It's, it, there's a lot of uncertainty there from the big staff in terms of what's going to come down the line. But the message is coming through as well in terms of do we need to have a short term circuit breaker, as they're calling it across the, the, the media?
1: only difficulty is every single time anyone has ever talked about a short-term circuit breaker it may have started as that but it ended up going on for months.
0: Yeah well listen I suppose it did but if we can if we can try to relieve some of the pressure listen, I think everybody knows at this stage the main issue is the, the, the health service and and the problems with the beds but also staffing as a result of uh, the staff uh, in close contacts or, or catching the virus so if we can relieve the pressure on the health service It'll help everybody because we've 93% vaccination. So the the vaccination there, but if we can just relieve the pressure on on the health service in the short term, Mm -hmm. it it might help in the long term for everybody.
1: Paul, I want to give you, just on behalf of the Vintners, an opportunity to talk about last week and uh, the student Christmas Day on Wednesday. Because you're well aware, I'm sure, that a lot went around social media on this. Um, we got an awful lot of calls and texts and WhatsApp messages about it as well. What's your response to that?
0: Listen, I'm not going to say it's right. The videos didn't look great. Um, there's a couple of videos. Listen, the videos are a couple of seconds long. Did it tell the full story of what was happening outside and inside the premises? I don't think so. There's there's videos. You could have videos from outside the Aviva for the last three weeks. being the situation. I, I was listening to a, a national broadcaster last Thursday and there was a, some student representatives from some of the Dublin universities who were continuing with their Christmas parties this week. So this seems to be a nationwide thing in terms of before students have their, their exams before they head off for the Christmas period. So like is it right for them to be organized in the first place? So that would be a question for me.
1: Right. But are you confident then that the vast majority of Limerick premises did do the right thing, uh, including within the premises on the day?
0: Sure, I can't say for definite because I don't know. I wasn't there. I know everybody is doing what they can. I'm sure there are premises out there that aren't doing it right. I'm not going to say everyone's doing it 100% right because I, I, I couldn't, I, I can't back up that statement. But what I am saying is that everyone has a personal responsibility to do what they can. And if somebody, as the ads on the radio are saying, if somebody doesn't feel comfortable in a premises, leave the premises and report to the HSE
1: and the HSA. Right. Because somebody who, you know, beyond the fringes of um, the business in the Limerick region um said to me privately late last week that it was their view that 80% of the premises in Limerick were doing the right thing, but that there were 20% who weren't and unfortunately that was having an impact.
0: I'd love to know where he get those stats from. Is that just his own, um, his or her personal um, idea? I don't know, Joe. It's, it's like it's very easy to pluck figures from the sky, and then all of a sudden it's fact. When somebody, Paul Flannery, could say a figure, and all of a sudden it's fact tomorrow. I can't say that because I don't know. I know everybody is doing what they can. Some people aren't doing it one hundred percent. A lot of people are trying to do it, but it, it is hard when you've got people coming to the door with. Counterfeit certificates, people just giving you abuse because you're asking to unmask the front door. There's it's it's very hard to manage the current situation. I'm not saying that it's 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 across the board in terms of people not doing things, but so twenty say twenty percent of the premises are
1: not doing what they should be doing. I think it's a bit unfair and unjust. Right. And, and how did you handle it in your place as a matter of interest?
0: In my own premises, I literally I just said, listen, we we don't take twelve pubs. Pre COVID, we never took, we, we, at the start we did, but then we realised that it was just more trouble than it was worth. So I just put a message up in the staff group to say, listen, under no circumstances are we going to be serving Christmas jumpers today. We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate Christmas in December, not at the, the start of November. So we just didn't take them in. The majority of staff, our students who came to the front door, were were fine, they understood. And we said, listen, we have a small premises and we, we didn't want to get swamped with people. So we just said at the door, we weren't
1: taking Christmas jumpers. Right, and, and there was a fair bit of that going on, was there? The 12 pubs?
0: No, no, it's just like, this is previously pre-Covid oh, okay. in terms of people going around doing
1: 12 pubs with Christmas jumpers. Oh, no, but it's just anyone who turned up in the Christmas jumpers you were going, look, not not today, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Sean Lally is also with us. That's Paul Flannery of uh, Flannery's uh, and also he represents the Vintners uh, locally and uh, I did want to give you the opportunity to talk about that, Paul, because I did say last week that uh, we wanted to hear the other side of the story. Um, so thank you for doing that. Sean... Sean um, Good morning, Joe. What are you finding at the Woodstock Hotel? What are you hearing from your hotel, your colleagues?
2: Exactly the same as Paul, same experience. I think even before Tony Houlin said to uh, veer away from office parties, people were making the decision to cancel. Uh, I mean, our business is driven by confidence. And when you see the numbers coming out in the media every evening, people are uh, getting a little bit nervous and they they decided to cancel in any case. And obviously when he came out then and... uh, made the statement about office parties, we saw a lot more cancellations. Um, mind you, there are still people booking different types of events. People are still going away for nights in hotels. Our Santa experience is still, you know, there's still huge interest in that but because they're probably seen as, as pods within families uh, and they're probably seen as a, a safer environment. But look, it is very, very tough. But at the end of the day, you know, public health is the number one priority in the hospitality industry will do whatever the guidelines are on behalf of the the, the, that the government tell us to do. Uh, and I, I suppose it's very important that the hospitals don't get overrun. The last thing I expected to be talking about with a 95% uh, take-up on the vaccine was, was um, COVID this Christmas. I thought be, we would be well and truly over it. And, and it is very,
1: very worrying. Right, and, and I, actually, could, I think you put your finger on something that everyone listening to this show feels as well that maybe the, the real frustration here is that we were told one thing which was get your vaccine if we get into the mid to high 90s which is a phenomenally high figure for full vaccination then we're out the gap and we're far from out the gap
2: you're right, Joe. Yeah, it's the highest figure in Europe and one of the highest in the world. So that, that's very disappointing. But I suppose it's an evolving situation. Um, you know, we've never been dealing with anything like this before. I suppose I start. I would listen a lot to what Professor Luke O'Neill says. Uh, and looking at his um, media statements recently, it's all about the booster now, Joe. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're moving on. And um, uh, The
1: only problem with that is that that's what they told us about the first two vaccines. Do you know I, what I mean? Like, now we're hearing it's the booster. Ah, oh, the booster, the booster. That's the, pro- I mean, the Irish Examiner story yesterday morning where the government was saying, well, it's two things. It's the booster and it's the CMO scaring everyone into staying inside more. Yeah,
2: no, you are that, right. Is, is that and, a policy? Yeah, well, you are right. And that, and that's what I'm hearing as well. But I, I suppose when you look at, say, the likes of Israel and the UK, they are actually ahead of us in this process. And, and a week after they rolled out the, the booster programme, they seem to get a huge, the, the numbers were getting coronavirus and the numbers that were going into hospitals dramatically reduced. And I suppose the, that that's the, the only, only point thing
1: I make sure to you hmm. that this virus is showing itself to be incredibly clever. And if you look at exactly the same thing was said about the vaccine, the figures will, the numbers will drop like a stone once you get the second vaccinations, once you get the vulnerable groups, once you get the older groups. And to a degree it did happen for a while. And whatever went on with the Delta variant and probably weather conditions and everything else, we're on this uh, upward uh, trajectory again. And now we're being told, oh, the boost it'll drop like a stone. What well, Wait till you see. The figures will drop like a stone. No, oh, maybe they will. Please but God. we have heard it before.
2: No, you are right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, but I still believe that we need to roll the booster out as quickly as possible. And, and even with the vaccine, when we started, while we did get to exceptional numbers, We seem to be very slow to get going and I still think we're slow to get going with the booster programme and I think we need to, the the, the whole focus should be in in rolling that out as quickly as possible.
1: There's one other thing, Sean. um, Apparently what uh, all these political correspondents are telling us this morning is that the thinking around government buildings is, quote, different to the thinking in the rest of the population. They seem to believe that we can stay roughly where we are at the moment that we may not out of Neffet's meeting on on Thursday get any real further restrictions recommended and that they need to wait and see, maybe for another fortnight, um, including the government, I mean, who ultimately make the decisions as to whether the restrictions of last week are working, whether personal behaviour has changed. My only concern about that is we're into December then. So if something needs to be done then, like you are putting a serious threat over Christmas Day.
2: Uh, Yes. Correct. And, and um, I just don't know. It's just evolving so quickly at the moment. It's kind of hard to know, I suppose, in, in terms of hospitality. Our business has been pretty much wiped out and a lot of hospitality providers would have used uh, December as a base for the coming January, February and March, which are all the classes tough months in our industry because there isn't a huge amount of tourists coming into the country or, or flights. So they would have used cash flow they gained in December to carry them over that period. And at the moment, the, the supports that are there for the hospitality industry are being weaned off. And I was a bit disappointed last night to see that the economic uh, subcommittee of the Cabinet met and there was no de- decision made around supports for hospitality. Because even though we're open, Joe, you are virtually have your hands tied behind your back because people just are cancelling based on the information that's out there and the advice that they're being given so it's just unfortunate. So if it is the case we do need to close in hospitality, you know, OK, we'll do that. We'll do whatever is right because it is it is a health situation and, you know, it's not about hospitality, it's about yeah. the well, public health. But you health.
1: know full well you're not going to get the supports unless you're ordered to close. That's the, yeah. go- that's the government's approach. That's well, maybe one of the reasons they haven't closed you. Maybe we need to be closed then. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's fair. fair. By the way, one other thing, Sean. Uh, Are you enjoying, uh, I know, a fond place in your heart for the Strand Hotel? You were managed there for many years. Seeing it in Hidden Assets on RTE?
2: I thought it was very funny. I got a few texts laughing <laughs> <Did you? laughs> me about it. I thought it was brilliant and it just shows you the power of film and it's great to have the likes of the drive uh, or the film studio in, in, in Limerick. And it just shows you the potential that's around that market and um, I think it's a huge opportunity and a huge opportunity for Ireland as well the more things you can get on film and shown uh, around the world the better because it just generates interest in people but I thought it was a good programme as well.
1: It, it was and that's great isn't it? It's great to say it's a very enjoyable series, it, it, it's really well made um, although I, I'm still looking around the strand for the ATM machine that was coming out of the wall it's um, <laughs> a, a, a bit of film magic going on there I think. Anyway, listen uh, Sean Laddie, great to chat to you as always, thank you very much, um, the former President of the Limerick Chamber as well of course Sean, now manager of the owner manager of the Woodstock Hotel um, and Paul Flannery of Flannery's, and also representative of the local vintners. We appreciate your time as well this morning. Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With the Harvey Norman Black Friday sale, offering the best deals on laptops, TVs, SIM free phones, kitchen appliances, and so much more.